Hello, everyone. My name is Julie Skagel, Content Marketing Manager here at Upmost. I want to welcome you to our new podcast series, After Hours on Contingent Workforce Radio, brought to you by Upmost, the VMS Transformed, enabling your full talent supply chain in one global network with the goal of getting work done. Today's podcast, I'm excited to feature our Chief Product Strategist, Steve Knapp, along with Sharag Sheth, a Global Director of Procurement at Genentech, a Roche company. We'll be talking to you today about the often overlooked but critical importance of invoicing and the impact on the extended workforce. Welcome to you both. So if you can take a minute and just introduce yourselves to the audience with your experience as it relates to invoicing and the broader industry, that would be great. Steve, let's start with you. Thanks, Julie. I've got 20 years of experience in the contingent workforce space, kind of working all around the shop between staffing firms, MSP, VMS, and consulting companies. And on this topic specifically, especially when I worked at MSP and VMS companies, I was often doing global implementations. That was kind of my shtick for a long period of time. And the number one thing that was kind of the long pole in the tent, let's say, was invoicing. And because of that, I actually ran an invoicing department at Navigator for a period of time. And it was something I consulted on a lot when I was at Brightfield Strategies. So I'm happy to go into more detail. I'm excited about this topic. Perfect. Thanks, Steve. Shrap? Thank you for having me. I'm Chirag Sheth. I'm the global category leader for consulting services across Roche. My background is I'm an engineer by training, got my master's in computer engineering and worked in chip design space and then got my MBA, moved into management consulting. So worked at Deloitte and Accenture for almost 10 years of my career and a lot of location assessments, risk assessments, transition advisory work. And seven years ago, I started working for Roche, which is one of the largest pharma companies in the world, like to make sense of the consulting spend and uh, develop a lot of human capital frameworks and models to rethink the way we address and approach the professional service spend within Roche. Perfect. Well, we appreciate you being here today. So I think we can just jump in. Shrag, the first question is for you. From a client perspective, what's the biggest problem you've encountered when it comes to invoicing and the extended workforce? I think before we get into invoices, we also have to look at it upfront, right? From an SOW perspective, we need to make sure that our SOWs are standardized, that we have the information which is accurate upfront. So we know what we have signed up for from a contractual perspective. I think the SOW standardization is one aspect of it. The other thing is there's minimal transparency or visibility of spend across SOWs and invoices in general. As organizations, we don't really know lot of times who's working on what, how are we getting billed, how do we ensure that the rates are in line with the MSA, how are the invoices which are being produced tying back to the SOW which are tying back to the MSAs which we have in place, and how do we ensure that we get the deliverables and outcomes which we're looking for that. So for me, invoice is a key piece of it, but it's also interconnected and it's end-to-end from that perspective. And also there's limited governance in place when you look at invoicing, checking, and processing. Who checks what? Like, is it procurement's role? Is it an admin's role as a part of that organization? So that's the other problem. We do a lot of upfront work in negotiating good deals and contracts, but then how do we make sure that in, at the invoice phase, all the commitments are being followed through? And the last piece is how do we tie invoice spend across our different systems? We have our MSPs, which MSPs and VMS, which have invoices in, in place. And then we have other procurement systems where we have invoices. So how do we bring a complete total view of the invoice spend as it relates to external workforce to drive insights for the business? That makes sense. 
So Steve, you and I have been in the industry a long time. We've seen the evolution of the invoice through traditional BMS, MSP. What do you think about the challenges that Shrag's talking about and why do you think a change is needed? Well, a lot of what, Shrag, you mentioned in terms of having capturing things up front and having full visibility on everything across the enterprise has probably always been the goal of the external workforce providers and, and, and what we've been trying to accomplish. But it, we just haven't gotten there to date with the legacy processes. There was no such distinction between MSP and VMS, and we didn't have all these acronyms. We all started in this space. And technology companies were kind of an outgrowth of the service providers, which were very hyper-focused on the staff augmentation space and not as much on statements of work, outsourced services, and kind of all the different types of, of labor categories. So if we think about the processes that are put in place and the, the classic legacy VMS systems, they do capture all the rate details up front and then automatically apply those rates at the time card level, which then automate the creation of the invoice. And that's great, but it doesn't get you to full visibility over all spend. Staff augmentation nowadays accounts for what, 10, 20% at most of the spend of an organization. And so this legacy process that now addresses a very niche or at least a, a relatively small portion of the overall spend, which is highly controlled at this point, right? It's not fit for purpose. The process that we built, the systems that we built, the providers that have all been around for 20 plus years are still trying to solve 1999's problem rather than 2022's problem of, I have so many different kinds of labor and I have so many different kinds of vendors that I can't have this highly restrictive process where the VMS is responsible for creating the invoice of record. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I think about my implementation career, the two biggest issues with trying to take that legacy process and system configuration is when you try and go global outside of the US, you have to think about invoice-based accounting principles rather than ledger-based accounting principles, which means you need to create the official human-readable invoice of record, plus the tax calculations can get quite complicated. And, and legally, it's the supplier's accountability. So they don't want to take that away. Or they, don't, they don't want it to cede that to a technology. Meanwhile, consulting vendors have always pushed back on the idea that a VMS will create the invoice on their behalf. How does the VMS know when the deliverables are done? How does the VMS know how to apply all of the rules that we've come up with in the MSA in terms of partial payments or sliding scales? And the answer isn't, as much as, Shirag, you and I are engineers by trade, the answer isn't always over-engineer. The answer is how do we make it such that all these different categories of spend, all these different countries can come in th through the process to give you exactly what you want, which is the, the visibility from end to end and the tie of the contract to the invoice. So I think fundamentally the problems of 20 years ago, they exist, but they're in much smaller numbers. And so we have to look at the, the space with a broader lens, which I know you have because you're more on in, in the SOW and, and consulting side of the house, which was just not a category that was considered when this industry all started. Yeah, Shrug, I'd love your thoughts on that, just either from Genentech or just from your experience in the industry. Yeah, I think the invoice process needs to evolve. From a business context perspective, I want to make payments when outcomes and deliverables have been achieved. And invoice does not give me that. Like, I'm just tired of getting invoicing, which are like one-line items, which have no 
transparency into who worked on what. And we need to go beyond tracking hours to also tracking expenses. So that's another bucket of spend which is out there, which can range from 5 to 20% of your total bill. And we need full visibility there. And also, I think, Steve, you brought up a really good point. How do we benchmark internal and external costs to achieve similar outcomes? So from a demand planning perspective, or when you're thinking about like a new project, how do we use the rich information which we have in the SOWs and invoice to give us a good sense of what will it take to do a launch or what would it take to do a particular type of project? Can we extract these insights to help drive these conversations with the business and think of it really end-to-end from an SOW to an invoice perspective? I really like that. So one of the things that I, I learned at a previous company, if you think you have an invoicing problem, you actually have a procurement problem most yeah. of the time. You, you need to be able to fix it upstream so that by the time the invoice comes in, you're actually just paying it. By the time the invoice comes in, the work's been done. And the idea of having like a seven-step approval process on the invoice is just ridiculous and just makes the vendors not want to work with you, charge you more. You want to make sure you're capturing all that information, doing the demand planning, getting the right rates up front, and then enforcing those throughout the process when the deliverables are done, when the time is entered, when, when the expenses are incurred, so that the invoice is just a fait accompli, right? By the time it, it, it comes around. That's what we tried to do in the VMS space with having uh, a requisition that has a rate card, the work order created for that individual person, enforcing those rates, the timesheet, which then enforces those rates. So it's a rated transaction. And then an invoices, which is automatically you know, sweeps up all the approved uh, transactions. And that works, if I think about, about the origin of the industry, that works when a service provider, like an MSP, holds the contract with the suppliers and they can create an invoice on the behalf and use a technology now called a VMS to do that, right? But that whole concept of the MSP holding the contract with the suppliers is a very outdated notion. It still exists, but you don't have an MSP holding the contracts with suppliers in consulting. It's illegal in some countries, like for the AUG workers in Germany, for instance. So you can't have a, a system predicated on a construct of an MSP holding the contracts with suppliers and, and automatically creating an invoice on the behalf. And then just assume that it's going to be applicable across all labor categories. And that's exactly what we've all been trying to do. And, and I can't even tell you how, how difficult it was to first figure out what all the rules were in every country and how they applied to contingent labor, and then automate the process of creating the human-readable version and the machine-readable version, and, and then the legal templates to, that the suppliers would basically give their rights to, hey, you, you can create this official invoice on, on my behalf. And then what this e-signature process was and where it needed to be stored and how long it needed to be kept, all of that stuff was expensive. And, and that expense is not necessary because every single supplier is responsible for creating their own invoices in every other industry. And even in our industry, when a VMS is not doing it on their behalf. For consulting vendors, they all have their own process, their own paper, their own schedule. So it's how do you take what they're able to do and what they're used to with exactly what you mentioned, which is having those, not just controls, but having the visibility and the intelligence. And if we agree that we're going to do this for this amount, that that's enforced. It's I don't want to call it governance and control, just enforcement. Like this is what it's supposed to be. Therefore, this is what you're going to charge. And that's kind of the ultimate issue that we're trying to get at, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. So we sort of know what's not working and what's not 
going to work for the future. So how do you, Steve, sort of see that evolution of the invoice happening specifically in terms of how Upmost is solving for it and why we've taken the approach we have? So if I could boil it down to one word, it's simplicity. But really what we are envisioning is rather than the outdated notion that the VMS must create the invoice on behalf of all the suppliers, because that's what MSPs did back when they held the contracts in in 2001. We are envisioning a process whereby suppliers can submit invoices to utmost, and we pre-reconcile the approved transactions, time cards, expense reports, milestones, and deliverables, such that the, the supplier is creating the invoice of record. We're reconciling it, and then passing on the reconciled information to the customer. So what does that mean? That means that suppliers can continue to use the process they've always used. They don't have to sign up to a a new process. They're just sending their invoice to utmost rather than sending it to an email address with accounts payable, for instance. You're getting the enforcement from a client perspective of whatever was agreed in the contract, whether it's the SOW or the staff augmentation agreement. And as a client AP, you're getting a pre-consolidated, essentially pre-approved right invoice that you can just post and and pay. Because you have that enforcement of the old P2P methodology of a three-way match, that's being done within Utmost. It sounds simple. Hey, we can just accept invoices from suppliers rather than creating the invoice on the behalf. But when you have an entire architecture, an entire process methodology, and that fundamental notion of this is the way it has to be, none of the legacy VMSs can accept a supplier submitting an invoice and then do the reconciliation when they can't create the invoice of record or when they can't win that political battle, for instance, with SOW suppliers. They instead create what they call a pro forma. And the supplier takes that information, does whatever they want, creates an invoice, and then sends it to accounts payable. And what does that end up resulting? Client accounts payable has to take the pro forma information that the VMS calculated, the actual invoice that the supplier created, and then reconcile it within their accounts payable system or some other manual way, right? So there's not a lot of benefit. And when there's not a lot of benefit to accounts payable and there's not a lot of benefit to the supplier, you got to believe that there's not a lot of adoption of these types of systems with that specific category and all around the world right? Fundamentally, that's the problem is we don't have the adoption. So how do we get the adoption? We make the process beneficial to both the suppliers and client accounts payable. And then we get what we want. We want all the data. We want all the visibility. We want all the workers in one place. And we want people like you, Shirag, to be able to say, yes, my contracts that I negotiated are being enforced and I can prove it. So that question would go back to Shrag. Do you think having a more user-friendly process would have allowed you to go live globally quicker, either at Genentech or in other programs that you've managed? I think user adoption is the key. If you make it simple for users to enable and enforce the invoices, definitely it's like a no-brainer. It would help them to implement this faster. I think a couple of things which Steve mentioned around educating and informing employees as they are signing off on the invoices, that's a huge win from my perspective, where you're providing them with the information in a very seamless manner, where you're taking the guesswork out of this whole equation. You are going in with full confidence on what you signed up for, is what you're paying, and you're getting the value from that. It would definitely benefit and ensure benchmarking would give you the visibility and ensure that the payments are made when the outcomes are being achieved. I'm going to be play devil's advocate for a second. So I think what you're saying is great for large global programs that have a lot of statement of work spend rolling through, but not all programs are like that. So for small programs, US-based, contingent labor heavy, are you in the 
process of trying to simplify, are you overly complicating matters by sort of not supporting an automated consolidated invoice? Well, I'm glad you asked me that, Julie, because we've heard that loud and clear as we've gone through this process. We wanted to solve for the 80% first and then focus on the 20%. And we feel like by solving the big problem, we can then come back to address what I consider the smaller problem. It's not smaller for people who that's their entire job, that's their entire program, that's the entire company. But it's a solved problem that we know how to solve for, which is why we've introduced the ability for enterprise users, whether it's, let's say, the category manager or the contingent workforce program owner or an MSP, which for us is an enterprise side user, to create an invoice. So the act of clicking create invoice that fundamentally built for suppliers to do so that they can submit their invoices, we've now exposed that to the enterprise to do exactly what you're talking about, to essentially create a consolidated invoice on behalf of suppliers for those staff augmentation, US only suppliers that are not used to creating invoices on their own behalf. I work for a staffing company where our accounts payable would just book directly into AR, whatever the VMS created, and then just received against it. It's not a very difficult job for when suppliers have to do that. And for those suppliers that, that accept that, and that's the solution, especially when the MSP holds the contract with the suppliers, which is still the case in some programs, we do have that concept. So it's not as if we've completely eschewed that general notion, but our fundamental use case was how do we make it simpler for that area of spend that we all, I mean, it's, it's been at least 10 years. Most of my career, we've all been saying the same thing. We're going to go global this year. We're going to expand into SOW this year. And the last time I looked at an industry report, it was something like 18% of spend in VMS is SOW. And we all know that there's four times as much SOW spend as staff on. So, you know, I think that what's been holding us back has been invoicing. So we wanted to solve for that problem first. But again, we have not thrown the baby out with the bathwater. We understand that there is a need to have a, a consolidated invoice creation that's enterprise side to create an invoice on behalf of suppliers. So we, we enable that as well. That makes sense. I'm going to give the final question to you. What do you think Atmos is going to achieve through sort of the new way of envisioning invoicing? If you had sort of like a top three, here's what we're hoping to achieve. I think it's really simple. And hopefully everyone who listens to this podcast comes away with a very simple message, which is we're going to enable people to go live faster with more spend in more geographies. And that's it. That's what I like to hear. All right. Well, I appreciate you both being here today. Shrag, thanks so much for being a guest on our podcast. We appreciate all the insight. Look forward to the next one and future discussions with you both. Thanks, everyone.